Welcome to episode four of the Walking Bucket podcast. We're back. We are recording on Tuesday evening. It's extra dark outside, though, because of daylight savings. It's an exciting day in the basketball world. First day of college basketball, although this is an NBA podcast. Had to give a shout out to the future NBA stars that will be teeing off their season tonight. As always, I'm here with Ezra. How are you, Ezra? What's popping? I'm doing well. I'm excited that there's more basketball on, but we talked about this earlier. It's, it's a little bit overwhelming. So there's a lot to consume these days, especially with less time during the day. A lot of sports, not enough time. I think someone said to me that their, their number one complaint about their career is that they just need more time and that you can't fair, make more time in the day. Complaint. All fair right. Complaint. Well, we have the time now. If you're listening to us, thanks for dedicating your time. So let's start it off as always walking bucket of the week. Few uh, nominees. Let's see who, who you, who do you think this week, Ezra? Yeah. So I stayed away last week. I went with a play, an NBA player of the week, Jimmy Butler this week. I'm staying away from it. I'm going with Cole Anthony of the Orlando Magic. He had 31, nine rebounds and eight assists at Minnesota the night of our last podcast on November 1st. He shot 47% from the field and 54% from three. He had 21, nine and six in a loss versus the Spurs and then 33, three and two in a win versus the Jazz the other night on 65% shooting from the field and 50% from three. And just to give background, he's averaging 21, seven rebounds and five assists on the year, shooting 45% from the field and 41% from three. So really impressed with him. His post-game interviews are also quite fun to watch when he goes off. So that's my bucket of the week. I had him written written down as my backup because I thought you were going to go with this other person that I had written down. So I was really surprised. So I actually had him written down too. The magic still stink, but he's actually been really, really good and really fun to watch. So I, I think that's a good one. And he did have one stinker of a game that yeah skipped over that. that I saw you left out. <laughs> but anyways, I will go with the other person that I had above him anyways. And he should Cole Anthony, though, should get some love for actually improving because he's been awful the past. It was last year his rookie year. Yeah, it was. So he actually improved. So good for him. But my guy is going to be Jordan Poole. Yeah, baby. Jordan Poole, I thought maybe you were going to choose him. So I'll run through his games from November 3rd through November 7th. He played three times. He had 31 points. On 52.5% shooting against Charlotte. Then against the Pelicans, he had 26 points on 66.7% shooting. And then he had 25 points on 53.8% shooting. And he shot in those three games 11 free throws. He didn't miss a single one. Bam. So he should get some hype also for actually living up to the hype, the preseason hype where I was really nervous to give our Michigan guy some love for most improved player. And he might have to take a step back when Clay comes back. But for now, they're relying on him a lot. I was watching Hawks Warriors last night 
And it was happened to be the, the time that I was watching before I fell asleep was when Steph was on the bench and the announcers just kept saying, we need another Jordan pool night. We need another Jordan pool night. And they didn't get another Jordan pool night. When I turned it off, they were down 15 and they won by a ton <laughs> because Steph went nuclear, but Jordan pool has been awesome. He's playing with that swagger. We watched in person at Michigan, but he's doing it at the NBA level. And I think because he doesn't care about missing a thousand shots, he'll, he'll just keep improving. He, he is so confident and he's going to, they're both just so swaggy. Both of the guys we brought up. Yeah. It's awesome to see Jordan Poole playing well. Like you said, they're relying on him. And his game really hasn't changed much since Michigan, which I think is also pretty interesting. Like he shoots the ball with confidence. Any any shot he likes and he gets to the rim, he finishes around the rim pretty well. So I'm happy that he's shooting the ball well. Confidence definitely helps and the role he's in, I think, suits him well. It'll be interesting, like you said, when Clay comes back to see how he suits up. But I saw there was an article or video Someone asked Andre Iguodala about uh, talking to him about that. He said he pool would be prepared to take a step back and still continue to play well. So should be interesting. Yeah, they said he would lead the bench unit. I also think he changed his game a bit because now I feel like he's a little more on ball and he's like more comfortable in mid range. And like once he comes off the screen and like traffic, his like floater game and like mm-hmm. pull pull ups off the dribble are a little better. Yeah, I don't fair. because it was like we had the ball in those guards like Simpson and Derek Walton mm-hmm. and all that. But look, see, we're always always bringing up a little college ball in the college ball <laughs> opening night. So yeah. good walking buckets. That's crazy. I had I really wanted to bring up Cole Anthony. So I'm glad that you did because the magic mm-hmm. don't always get enough love. But the next thing we wanted to talk about was some interesting stats that stood out, maybe play a little bit of a, a guessing game quiz type deal. So I'm curious. I don't know that we didn't really talk about this at all beforehand. So I have absolutely no idea what direction you're taking this in. And then you'll see what direction I took it in. Sounds good. I have, so I have three here. I guess we can go back and forth and question each other one for one, see how we do. So this first one, we, we actually discussed this, I think, last week. Um, I don't know if you'll remember when I trigger you with this stat, but this individual has seen a pretty significant decrease in shooting percentages here, um, leading to some problems with this team's offense. They're shooting 48.6% at the rim from, that's zero, from zero to three feet, career 65% at the rim, and the lowest ever this individual shot during the year, an individual season was 61.5%. So 48.6% at the rim can't, hasn't been getting to the rim as much either. And it's been a pretty big problem. Who do you, who do you think that could be? I want to say that it's Harden. It's not Harden. I knew I, that was a little misleading. I shouldn't have said it that way, but it's not Harden. Was that a good guess? It is a good guess. He, I mean, he hasn't been getting to the rim nearly as much and definitely isn't shooting it nearly as well around the paint, but it's not hard. I'm trying to think of who else you've been hard on. I haven't been, I don't think I've been too hard on this individual. Okay. I have no idea. Just I could tell be. Me. It's no Jason idea. Tatum. Jason Tatum. Oh, that I should have known. We did talk about this. I was thinking yeah, Trey Young for some reason, but anyways. Mm. 
anyway, Tatum's been poor around the rim. We've I've watched a couple times, and he's just he looks uncomfortable when he gets through, and he he puts up. I don't know if it's the contact. Some guys have been having trouble not going to the rim looking for fouls or going to the rim looking for fouls, not going up looking to score, and he just looks a bit off getting to the rim. He's not the only guy, like you said, Harden. Basically the same. Kyle looks similar against the rim. And I, I think it's coming along for them. I don't know about Tatum because I haven't watched as much Celtics as the Nets, obviously. But I think it's it's been a significant issue. And it's clear percentage-wise, 13% down from his lowest career and 17% down from his career average from that range. So pretty interesting there. I want to say that I think the Celtics roster development is pretty poor. And that I think there was a period of time where Schroeder was leading the team in shot attempts. Not that I just, which it speaks to not why Tatum's missing and not playing as well, but there could be some points in time when his just opportunities are coming in weird flows. I think I'm going to give him some more time because I'm trying to exercise patience with a new offense, the new coach. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's just in, different spots for the first time in his career that we haven't seen yeah. yet because he was with Stevens his whole time. You know, I don't like this out there of hearing that you think that their development hasn't been good. So I'll take it. I'll take it from you. But yeah, I think I'll give us more time. He's talented. He's not, it's not like he's like a, been a fluke shooting from that range. I just think it's, that was interesting. And it has been a struggle for them offensively thus far. So Give us some more time, but we'll see. I think I want to do this one first, so I don't sound like too much of a homer. All right. There's There's one team through 10 games. So this is of before Monday night. There's one team in the NBA with a positive net rating, but a losing record. Do you know who it is? Wow. So it's, it's a team with a losing record. If you asked me this, there's a 0% chance I would have ever gotten it. I'm going to pull up standings real quick. Give me one second. I'm, I'm thinking as I do this, and if I don't get it up in time, I'll just... My cheating by pulling up standings? So no, I'm going to no, go no. with... The standings won't help you. I mean, it will games. help you eliminate all the teams that yeah, are above yeah. 500. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Spurs. You got it. No way. Yeah, they're only they're wow. only plus point zero point seven in net rating. This is their their three and seven with a plus point seven net rating. So I've been I've been the reason I said Spurs is I've been watching like a decent amount of them. I actually like and enjoy watching them when Poto was playing. I love that they ran their offense through him. He, he was like a huge part of their offense. I, they're like honestly not bad defensively, which is why I thought that their net rating would be positive because their offense isn't that good. But I think they could, they've been hacking around the teams. A lot of their games have been close also. So that's, that is interesting. I like that. I like that set. Yeah, they have a nice young core. I really like DeJounte Murray. I don't think it actually means anything. I just thought it was funny. And like interesting. And I think that now this proves to everyone out there that Ezra actually knows a lot about basketball because 
It was like a <laughs> real, just, I would have had, I definitely would have guessed a team closer to 500 than just, like I guess. Our, I, yeah. I thought the Spurs were, would be closer to 500 when I initially started playing like first couple games of the season. So I'm a little surprised they're not, but I don't know. I'm happy. I got that. That's cool. Like that's one of those stats that there's hardly any context to because who knows what it means. Like they could have just lost one game by 50 and then won one game by right. 50. Especially, um, especially 10 games in. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. All right. Yeah, <laughs> we can get good. more serious after that. All right. What, what do you have for me? Yeah. So this one, uh, this is another interesting one. I, I actually have two. I'm going to go with one. I think is more impressive. This player has been tasked with taking more shots this year because one of their this team's stars are out at least till January. They're taking one and a half more threes per game this year compared to last, shooting 39.7% on 5.8 attempts and 47.8% from the field on 13 and a half, almost 14 shots total, up from 42%. So playing better, shooting better, and taking more shots. And I'll give you a bigger clue because it's like almost possible giving that he's in the Western conference and their team had a little scuffle last night. Wait, I actually knew who it was going to be before. So when you started reading it, I, and you said there, the amount of three points, because you said player is out. So I narrowed it down to teams that had a major player out, which limited me to warriors and nuggets was what yep. I was thinking at first. Yep. Then you said the number of three-point attempts per game and immediately yep. eliminated Steph. Yep. So now it's Jokic. I mean, the last clue gave it away. It's on that team, though? It is on that team. It's not Jokic. Oh, it is, but he didn't play last night. Is it Michael Porter Jr., who you hate? No, it's not. Who else takes a lot? Is it Will, Will, it's Will, Will Barton. Barton? Will Barton? Okay, Will I wasn't Barton. thinking. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't thinking role players. I hate him. He killed the Mavs earlier. <laughs> yeah, but it's I feel it's pretty impressive. I watched a couple of their games also, and he's looked really solid. Like as a primary, maybe not a primary scorer, but a guy that they need to score to win. Yeah, they really don't have another option, and They're, he's supplying for them, especially because Michael Porter Jr. has not been that good. They're using him as like the sixth man too, mm. even though he starts, but then he leads the bench unit. Cause yep. I actually just, dis- I really dislike him now because after I had 24 hours to earn it, whatever it was since the Jokic thing, I think that every single other person on the court on the nuggets should be at fault is my, now my take on the scuffle is that, if it was the roles were reversed and the first hit was Jokic on Morris, what Morris did to Jokic, he would have gone flying just because of like size. Yeah. But once he, someone did that to your best player, to your MVP, like everyone else on the team, if you watch the videos, is like walking around, like yeah. Will Barton like presents himself as like this swaggy, tough guy, dude. Like he should have just whacked Morris <laughs> or like Aaron Gordon is just like, picking his nose in the corner over there. Like, where? what is he doing? That's my I didn't take see on that. that. I honestly didn't even think to look, honestly. But that's that's interesting. I, I agree. I agree. Jokic probably also shouldn't have turned around and bodied him when he no, turned around. No, he, he definitely shouldn't have. He definitely <laughs> shouldn't have. Agree, Anyways, agree. Yeah, no, he's been good. I think that it's probably a problem. 
that he yeah. needs to be that good, and it's probably why they're not doing too well. Agreed. Agreed. All right. You want you me got? to give you mine? All right. I'll go with this one. Yes, I do. These are the on-off, like on-the-court ratings with this player on the court and then off the court ratings. It's an all-star player. It's an all-star player. So with this player on the court, the team is minus nine and a half net rating. 104. Yes. On the court, minus nine and a half net rating. 104.6 offensive, 114.2 defensive. Okay. You got the on the court stats. Mm -hmm. Now when this player's off the court, the team has a plus 18.2 net rating, 110.9 offensive rating, and 92.7 defensive rating. It's an wow. all-star from last year and the year before that. And the year before that. Uh, I actually don't remember the year before that. I have to look it up. <laughs> so it's a fringe all-star. No, no, no. It's definitely not a French all-star. All right, it's like I, I fully gonna, solidified, was, like no questions asked, all-star. All like, right. So I was initially thinking that it was going to be Julius Randle, but it's not. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Dame. No, but right conference. You got one more guess, and then I'll tell you. This is tough. <laughs> All right, is I'll, t- I'll yeah, tell yeah, you. I don't. I I'm trying to think. I have no idea. It's um Luca. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, crazy. Yeah, it's because the Mavs had have had the worst starting like starts to games ever. Um, and like their starting lineup has been bad, but also the Luca Dwight Powell and Dorian Finney Smith have the three as like a group of three. If you group any three players together, they have the lowest rating of any three players together. That's crazy. And we're seven and three. That's pretty insane. But we're seven and three. And then, but Luca, Luca and Brunson together though. Are plus four point three net rating, one hundred twenty one point three offensive, and one hundred seventeen defensive. So it's because of the three games we lost, we lost by over twenty in all three of them, and then we yeah, start really sense. poorly. So plus minus plus minus also, I guess ratings like when you get dog like that, like you're saying, like it's tough, especially with ten games like the last side you gave it's. It's tough to measure off that. That I was gonna say plus minus is also on my mind because when they're blowouts or when you're killing a team, throws those stats off pretty pretty significantly. But still, I would have never thought that that was the case. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good one. All right. Who we'll be okay. I'm not too concerned. I think I don't know what to think yet. <laughs> we'll see when we get everyone everyone playing and healthy and whatever. All right. What do you have for me? All right, last one. Um, this person career shoots 25% of the shots from mid-range, 5 to 16 feet, 
This year, 44% of their shots come from the mid-range, and they're shooting 43% of those shots compared to career 35%. This player is coming off a significant injury last year and playing a significant role on a team that you've watched a decent amount of. I thought that when you started talking about mid-range that it was going to be DeRozan, but then once you started railing off the low numbers, I knew that it probably wasn't him. Um, and he's not coming off injury. Can you repeat the, the first part of the stat? Yeah. So tw- career, they shoot 25% of their shots from 5 to 16 feet, that mid-range. Mm-hmm. This year, 44% of their shots are coming from that range, and they're shooting 44% on those shots compared to a career 35. So shooting them well and taking more of them. And not I don't think it'd be immediately apparent that this is the player. And they're shooting a lot of mid-range, and I've been watching them a lot coming off. I don't know. I I wouldn't say a lot, but definitely significantly more than they used to. Then they're coming off an injury? Yeah. All right, I need to eliminate some teams. I need to look at the standings so I can eliminate some teams here quickly. They have a winning record, by the way. And All right. Would you like the conference or no? No, not yet. Let okay. me first try. Standings, winning record, often injury. Hmm. All right. I don't think it's this conference. So let's try the other conference. <laughs> I don't think it's this person because I don't think he takes very many mid range, but. Is it Jaron Jackson Jr.? It's not. I have n- I don't know. <laughs> All right. You want me to tell you? Yeah. It's Spence Dinwiddie. Oh. Yeah, I have been watching. Well, I haven't been able to watch them on League Pass because they're blacked out. But yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I feel like that he takes more mid range and he they're coming mm-hmm. off significant injury and they've been good. Mm hmm. I'm impressed. I'm I'm impressed with him. He's taking, I think, 14 shots a game, which is a decent amount. Last year, his stats don't really count, but with the Nets, he was taking around that many shots also when he was, like, leading the offense and wasn't shooting the ball as well as he is this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely impressed coming off an ACL injury that he's performing this well and leading, at least through the first 10 games, leading them to a 7-3 start. I wasn't really – unfortunately for you the one game that i like watched super in depth when i was there i wasn't really all that impressed with him i was like really impressed with beal harrell and kuzma mm. I, he's but he handles also. the ball a lot he he like he definitely provides like a calming presence too yeah i just thought it was interesting his shot selection has changed a bit since coming back all right should i give one more or do you want to move on i have one more yeah Swing one more. All right. As you can tell, I I was looking at like net rating and offensive rating and defensive rating. So, so far, 10 games in, there's four teams that rank both in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive rating. There's four teams. It happens to be two from each conference. How many can you get? I know one, at least. The Bulls are one of them. Yeah, they probably talked about it on the broadcast last night a lot. No, I, I was 
uh, you'll see why in a couple of minutes. They uh, might have mentioned it, but I was also looking at it for a different reason. Um, the Bulls are one. The Warriors are another. Mm-hmm. We got two. Um, let's see. The Sixers. Eh. No. All right. Give me one more. I'm just thinking. One of them is classic. Yeah, yeah. One of them is classic. Like, it's obviously like they're they're like the best regular season team ever. Like, it's the Jazz. The Jazz. Yeah. Okay. All right. One more. You have one more. I feel, like go... this is gonna be, I feel like this is going to be like a crazy wild card that I no, wouldn't expect. No, it's, it's not, actually. <laughs> I'll <laughs> tell you that. Uh... It is crazy, Philly, with the best record in the league. I mean, no, second best record in the league is not in there. Yeah, I don't want to say Heat because their offense really hasn't been good. And I don't think the Nets offense is top 10 right now, so I'm not going to say them. The Raptors? No, you talked yourself out of it. It's the, it's the Heat. The Heat? Damn, because the last, in the last couple games, it hasn't been. But remember, like, at the beginning, they were, like, everyone on their team was shooting, like, crazy. it probably carried over. So it's yeah, Warriors are fourth offense and number one in defense so far. Yeah. That's Jazz crazy. are second in offense, seventh in defense. Heat are sixth in both. And then Chicago is eighth in offense and fourth in defense. Wow. Yeah, new Chicago. So good segue into the next segment if you want to do that quickly. Yeah, our let's, next segment, let's do it. Our next segment is contender or pretender. Choosing a team that we think – is either and comparing the record to last year my team is the bulls which is why i knew that there were both top 10 defense and offense and i think they are a pretender in terms of a serious contender for the championship and that may be that may be obvious but i want to compare them to a team that i i think they resembled a bit and that's the celtics of the bubble year Two years ago, Jason Tatum's third year, they had Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Kemba, um, Jason Tatum, obviously. I think that they have the potential to be a top three seed, maybe might be a top three seed, but I don't think that they have the firepower or bench or experience to make a true run in the playoffs. Got it. Got it. I don't... That's unfair of the bubble Celtics because they made the Eastern Conference Finals the year before, didn't they? Yes. They also had Kyrie. Well, I mean, Kyrie didn't play, but they did. They I, did have Kyrie. I think that they are definitely so, like good playoff team. I think that the reason why they're maybe pretenders is because they – I don't, if they get one injury, they're done. Hmm. I mean, many teams are. For yeah, I was going to say, how many, how many teams get one injury and they're not done? But the reason why I bring that up is they're, they don't really have a, I don't An think they're very deep. That can carry. Yeah. I don't think they're very deep either. 
where now, like, they don't have any who's coming off the bench and scoring a lot. We'll see if Kobe White can do that. I think you brought that up. I actually really like them, and I think they'll be a very hard out in the playoffs. I could actually see them, like, yeah. winning. I think they could win a series in the first round, and I'm not sure it's a team you really want to face. Don't disagree. Don't disagree. Like, for example, assuming that the Sixers roster stays the same, I don't think they would really want to play the Bulls in the first round. Let's say it's a 3-6. Agree. Four or five. I, I mean, who knows what'll happen with like I think that the a team like that that can put up a ton of points. Like, I mean, DeRozan always sucks in the playoffs, but it's beside the point. Um, they're just really versatile on offense. I really like I think they're fun to watch. I just they're not they don't have that elite. I think if they got like a Jordan Clarkson off the bench, though, it could like change right. things for them. And they just need, I think. But it's weird, like since when is that Jordan Clarkson like the difference maker in the in a championship? Yeah. He's not. Now that I say that, it's just I don't know. I I I think they're better than I I thought they were going to be good, and I think they might be still better than I wanted to give them credit for. But that's fair. Do you think they're better than the Hawks? Do you think they're better than the Hawks, or is that really reactionary? Yes. You hate? No, the I Hawks. do think. I don't. I don't know if I hate the Hawks. I just think that like. I don't know. The Hawks are struggling. I think they got hot in the playoffs and Trey Young can manage the game in an, at an elite level. And he's just not now. Maybe it's just beginning of the year. He mentioned that he doesn't have the energy or the, the drive to play these regular season games. It's not as fun as the playoffs, which is like fair, but everyone has to play the regular season and it's basketball. Like you got to the game. That's just my opinion, but I think the Bulls, from watching both them at least right now, I definitely think the Bulls are better. At the end of the season, I could see it being close. I also think the Hawks are going to make some moves in the middle of the year. I don't know what it's going to be, but I don't think it'll be the same team by the end of the year. Yeah. Just based off watching them. I agree so. with that. I think that they're better than the Celtics, but they're – and the Knicks – I think they're still – I think they're, like, the tier below, like, Heat, Nets, Bucks. Yeah. I think they're Agreed. probably in the same, like, playoff ceiling tier right now as, like, the Sixers, though. Fair. And – the, the, the classic Sixers second-round exit every year. Yeah. I mean, they kind of got – they had a weird – I don't know. The Embiid injury is weird. But I wanted to say that – I have Hawks are four and seven right now. At this mm. time last year, they were five and five. Mm. And they ended up firing their coach at 14 and 20. Do you think, uh, what do you think? I mean, we just kind of talked about him, but I had them written down. So I want to continue that conversation for a sec. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Like what tier um, do you throw them, them in? If I were doing that tiering process that I just outlined. I think it still has to be that second tier East contender. Like you can't take away what they did last year. I don't like, I guess teams don't really carry over. You can't really carry over successes to the next year, but they're still there. They have the talent to be there at least. And McMillan will get them going. I think a little bit. They, like you, you mentioned earlier today, they've lost four straight and they're four and seven, I think right now. Yeah. Um, they're probably going to lose tonight, too, in my yeah, humble opinion. I don't think that it'll last. 
I, I was, still think the Bulls are better, though. I was really low on them last year, and then I was high on them this year. And now I don't know what to think. I thought this last year, but I think they had the perfect playoff matchups. The perfect, yeah. perfect playoff matchups. Because the Hawks and the Knicks, I mean, the Knicks were a defensive team, right? Mm. And the Hawks were an offensive team that if they got hot, like there's very few teams in the East that were going to be able to put up points with them. Like obviously the Nets could, right. and the way the Bucks ended up playing, they definitely could too. But like the Knicks were not putting up 120 points ever. And the Hawks right. were doing that like every other game. So it's a really good matchup. I think that their mm. team is also built very well for playoffs just mm. because of the way that whatever. Then the Sixers in the same kind of way, like especially when Embiid's hurt, they're not putting up like 115 in their sleep, 110 in their sleep. The Hawks are kind of doing that if yep. they get hot and they're confident. And it could be like a little bit of a back to reality for Kevin Herter. I still think they're going to be, I mean, what were they last year? A fifth seed in the end? Like, Four I don't, five. they were, the Knicks had home court. Remember, it was like a big deal. Yeah. No, yeah. they were five seed. <laughs> so, like, I don't think they're going to get home court, even though I thought maybe they would, but that was like hangover. I think that they're not going to get home court again, but they're still going to be solidly in the playoffs. Like, this start is, is weird. Yeah. Probably agreed on that. Maybe six seed. Maybe. Yeah, but it's like the, the tier. That they'll, they'll, they'll be solid. I don't think they'll be in the play. I think that's reserved for the mm-hmm. Celtics of the world. Fair. Agreed. Reserved for the Celtics. Love to hear that. Any, any thoughts on the Cavs quickly? They're seven and four. They were five and six at this time <laughs> last year. <laughs> well, sucks to see Sexton go down. Like, obviously, he's, I mean, as much as we don't really like him like as a player, He's still a big part for them, so hopefully they continue their success without him. But love Mobley, the way Mobley's playing, and love Jared Allen, obviously. Always will have a place in my heart. So, Alex, I, I'm going to keep watching them. I have been t- tuning into their games like a decent amount, but I'm happy they're playing well. It's fun. I feel like they're what everyone has been telling us that the Kings and the Wolves are going to be for like four years. Yeah. Every, They're gonna, every single year. Calves to the play-in. Calves to the play-in. The Wolves are 3-8, and eight, and they were 3-8 and eight at this time last year. Just throw that in there. And I think it's time that they should trade, trade for Simmons. That. Whatever it is, just trade for Simmons because they're imploring the definition of insanity, which is we're just going to keep doing this and hope that eventually people will be healthy and it works. And even if it does work, they're still barely making the play-in. So can they just please try something new for the sake of the league? Agreed. <laughs> Preach that. <laughs> Anything else you wanted, to, you wanted to touch on here? That's it for me. All right. I like, that. I like that our two, two teams linked a bit there. Yeah. Compare them. It was good. Good for conversation. Fluidity. Any games you're looking forward to this week as we wrap up here? Yeah, I like uh, Bulls at Warriors on Friday. That'll be interesting and fun to watch. Be a good test for the Bulls. I don't think think the Warriors will beat them, but I think it'll be a good litmus test for the Bulls. And I also have 
Toronto at Philly on Thursday. Two tough teams. Good test for Toronto also. They're pretty solid. I liked watching them play. I mean, the Nets won, but I liked watching them play. I thought they were pretty solid. Good young team. Play hard for Nick Nurse. Um, Toronto's really fun to watch. Really fun to watch. I think I'm on the free free Drogic train. Um, The Mavs are playing the Bulls tomorrow. And we both seven and three. We haven't beat a good team yet. So let's see if we can at least stay within 18 points um, of a good team. And I like watching the Bulls. And then I realize that I don't watch that many like West Coast versus West Coast teams because I'm asleep. But like Heat Clippers would be fun on Thursday that I'm, I hope to watch a bit of and probably doubtful. Um, And the ones you said were good, Bulls Warriors really stands out. Um, I wish that it wasn't blacked out and I would watch Magic Wizards on Saturday. I like watching the Magic and the Wizards. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it's it's now. 7 p.m. Eastern, and it's time for the big college basketball games. Perfect timing. It's been a pleasure as always. Episode number four, baby. It's been fun. Got some good content and some good new content in today that I like talking about. All righty. Catch you next week. Walking bucket, baby. <laughs>